You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is Alistair Begg. Uh, He's been in pastoral ministry since 1975. Following his graduation from the London School of Theology, he served eight years in Scotland at uh, Charlotte Chapel in Edinburgh and Hamilton Baptist Church. Uh, Since 1983, he's been the senior pastor of Parkside Church near Cleveland, Ohio. He's the author of several books, and today we're going to be talking to him about training the next generation of preachers. Welcome, Brother Alistair. Thank you. It's a privilege to be with you. Uh, The first thing that occurs to me to ask you is, uh, an experienced pastor, mature pastor that wants to replicate himself, how, how does he shift from being a Timothy to a Barnabas to a Paul? Are, are there ages or seasons of life when one is more appropriate than the other? Well, you know, it's a very interesting question, and it's something that I'm actually exercised about in this, insofar as I, I've always seen myself as the young fellow in the room not because I'm trying to appear young, but, you know, when I came to uh, the States, I was 31. So most of the events that I was involved in, I was the youngest person. And so I was usually sitting, listening, and, and I could also, you know, I could interject without anybody really paying much attention to what I was saying. Then as time goes by, you suddenly realize, number one, you're not the youngest person. Number two, you're actually one of the more senior people, and therefore there is a responsibility that comes with that that, that uh, one has to be um, alert to. I, I, but I think the honest answer is that for, for as long as we live, we live both as Timothy's to somebody and Paul's probably to others. And hopefully we, we've got a spirit of Barnabas about us uh, irrespective of age. But, you know, there are so many people that I'm still a Timothy to, either through their books or through their, um, their friendship to me, that they, they may not be distanced from me tremendously in terms of age, but in terms of spiritual maturity and capacity. And I think, in a sense, um, the spirit of Timothy ought to remain within us, that sense of looking on and looking out, um, so that as we are following, then, you know, we can learn to lead. Mm. Uh, How does a pastor recognize men in his congregation whom God might have gifted in the area of preaching and pastoral ministry? How how do you recognize whatever that spark is? Well, you know, uh, one might think that if you have a big spot and a lot of people and structure and everything, that it might be far easier. I'm not so sure that it is. I think, for example, when I was back in Scotland, when I'm in a pastorate by myself, necessity is almost the mother of invention in that you're looking around for young fellows who um, are um, not necessarily aspiring to preach, but they, but they show evidences of leader, evidence of leadership amongst their peers. They are the ones who are um, giving, giving guidance in that way. And when I would see that, then I would say, I think this fellow probably has something here. And then the start would be, you know, would you like to uh, give a little five-minute talk at the uh, such-and-such or at the senior citizens thing? I, 
I actually think that there's there's a tremendous training ground in giving to somebody who thinks he's going to be a preacher uh, the opportunity to sit with a room of, you know, like eight to 10-year-old boys and see how good he is at communicating. Or to be at the nursing home ministry where people are very sleepy and maybe disengaged and to see whether they can actually uh, uh, engage with what is in front of them rather than looking for a sort of rarefied environment where, you know, anybody who's got any capacity at all will probably be able to do okay. How do you do it? Um, You stay alert, I think, as a pastor. You've got to have a mentality that says, what I'm supposed to be doing here is is a kind of uh, Timothy thing, you know, that uh, uh, I'm looking for the next generation so that I can pass it on to them. And uh, so that's that's really how we how we do it. There's there's some mechanisms to it at Parkside, um, but in terms of just general watchfulness, you're just looking for people who um, show inclination. Are there specific ways that you invite those gifted men into, let's say, a more intentional period of training or mentorship? Well, we, for some years now, probably for a dozen years at least, we have. We have had um, an internship program that has opened up the door for uh, either young men who are uh, in between uh, college and uh, further study or who have finished further study but are not necessarily convinced that they have the ability to preach or they have the capacity and so on. And so we bring them in for, uh, for 12 months and uh, during that 12-month period, we expose them to the totality of uh, church life. We partner them in segments with each of the members of our pastoral team, and they are immediately thrust into things so that the, the gestation period for them is, is not very long. They, they may be there a week or 10 days, and someone says, well, I'd like you to teach my Sunday school class on Sunday. You say, whoa. So in that context then, uh, they are immediately finding out uh, how how gifted they are, and those who are caring for them are, are doing the same thing. When we bring new leadership into the church, in in the eldership of our church, we also do it on an internship basis. We don't go from a standing start to somebody is an elder. He was not an elder, now he's an elder. We invite men to come, and uh, we say that uh, there's no commitment on their part and none on our part, over the pe- the next period of it is months, definitely, and sometimes it's years, whereby they have the opportunity to participate with us, and they will teach our membership class, or they may be involved in uh, funerals or in things like that. And in that context, we're actually we're we're actually testing the waters, and that then allows us to, when we lay hands on them, to do so with a with a measure of conviction, because we've actually tested them and proven them over time. Are, can you mention uh, specific books that you might put into the hands of, of young men who are being mentored in that way? Sure, sure. Yeah, we, we, um, one of the books that we've come back to is a very short book, but it, it was important when Lloyd-Jones delivered the lectures in the, I think in the 30s or the 40s um, to the, the, um, the inter, uh, inter-varsity group. And he, and he gave a series of addresses which became a little book called What is an Evangelical? And, you know, when we did that probably 25 years ago, it seemed to be um, apropos. Um, we, we, still, we still run through that and rehearse that material because 
it was the, the stuff that he was addressing back in the in the the forties of of Britain, you know, post Second World War. It was crucial at the time, and here we are all these years later, and it remains crucial. So in terms of Christian doctrine, um, staying away from being schismatic, um, staying away from championing things which uh, we would regard as, as secondary matters uh, and not making them primary matters, we want to do that. We use the book that Derek Prime did, and I participated in it with him, on being a pastor which I noticed some of the fellows are doing here at, at uh, Southwestern. Um, another wonderful little book that's fairly new that I like to put in people's hands is called um, Saving Eutychus uh, by Gary Miller and one of his colleagues in, uh, in Brisbane, Australia. Gary is an Irish boy uh, from uh, Belfast, and uh, he's now the principal there. That I found to be tremendously practical and, and very helpful. There's a relatively new book out by Lewis Allen called uh, The Preacher's Catechism, which I've not had an opportunity to go through, but it looks to be a, a very, very helpful piece. Intriguing title, at least. Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. Are, are there other strategies or plans that, that you have in place for helping young men develop into ministry? Well, I mean, I have the, the fellows on my pastoral team now are, you know, they're younger than my own children, many of them. And one of the things that I do that not everybody who is in a similar position to myself has chosen to do is that I let all of them preach. And so they preach to our congregation um, um, with uh, regularity. And that is an opportunity for them, again, to discover uh, where, where they are in the process. It's an opportunity for them and for myself to sit with them and say, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? In some of the most uh, practical ways. And um, so that, that's part of the strategy. I mean, it, one, one of the things that I don't like about um, the, the sort of multi-congregation um, uh, church where the person in my position is like a guru who appears on multiple sites all around the place. Meanwhile, all these young fellows who want to have an opportunity to preach are just silenced. They've got to go somewhere else. So what we are now doing is our church plants, um, we're sending out the, the, the primary preacher, and we're sending out one colleague with him from the pastoral team. And so they, they are now uh, having the, the joys and the privileges and the challenges that they have observed me dealing with, they're now dealing with them themselves. And they, they still, many of them are local, and so they, they're still an extension of what we're doing. And so the ongoing relationship between us is, is very important. How do you know when a young man you've been developing uh, in ministry is ready to be released, to, to go out on his own? Well, it's a combination, isn't it? I, you know, it's a bit like the person, the person who wants to, uh, should feel like he's not ready to. I'm a bit worried about the person who feels he's ready to and wants to. Uh, you know, it's that idea of if you aspire to the office of of an of an, uh, an elder, and yet at the same time do so with the spirit of who is sufficient for these things. 
So I'm watching that, watching that in terms of just uh, attitude of heart. The, 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 the sad thing about it is you're always going to have to let your best fellows go because, you know, they are the ones who will do a good job. And, um, you know, I think when desire and opportunity coincide, then we, it's time. Sometimes there's opportunity but no desire, and sometimes there's desire but there's no real opportunity. And uh, when, they, when they coincide, uh, then we'll, we'll send, them, send them on their way. Uh, we do so sadly, really, and that's how we want it to be. We don't want to be sending people on and breathing a sigh of relief as the car leaves the car park. We've been talking today with Brother Alistair Begg about training the next generation of preachers. Brother Alistair, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you.